The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. Wake up. Oh, yeah. Hey, wake up. I'm fully awake. It's time for the five count. I was just saying a little prayer for you, Dust. You were praying for me? Say a little prayer for you. Why? Do you think I'm in need of some spiritual enlightenment? Dude, everybody needs a little prayer in their life, Dust. It doesn't have to be just for bad things. or It's not like a negativity. It's not like you're doing bad. It's just like a little prayer, a little love being dusted upon yourself ah so this was just a general prayer not like anything in specific no just a little grace like man i i pray that he stops sucking so much no that's not a thing dust that's not a thing not I, at all even I, a thing i pray that he notices that my top two buttons are undone and sees my chest oh hair. yeah oh yeah your prayers have been answered yes that's precisely what it was welcome to the five count oh yeah I'd like to start off the show by saying something nice to Ton. Thank you so much. You know what? One of my work friends, her name is Holly, mm. so I call her Holly. Mm. She's been listening to the show. No way. And she says, you know, you make a lot of comments about Ton and his appearance. and Yeah. Kind of makes it seem like something might be going on. And I said, I don't know. You should have said, there's something going on. We're in a small room, fireside chat. Yeah. Studios together. It's a cozy situation. Ton's got fluffy chest hair. What am I supposed to do? Not look at it? Yeah. Holly, if you were here, maybe you'd make those comments too. You don't know. You don't even know. It's a safe assumption. Jeez, Louise. I mean, just calm down. I felt bad. She was excited. Was she's, she? She's kind of like uh, Nikki Sausage. Yeah. She's kind of going back and listening to all the shows. <laughs> and then she said... Something to the effect of, yeah, there's like 125 or so, and I'm on episode 10. Wow. Like, well, actually, 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 (laughs) that's all that's allowed on your podcasting apparatus. Yeah. There's actually 931 episodes, (laughs) and then you could kind of see her shoulders droop a little, and the color kind of leaves her face. Like, yes, I was trying to be a supportive friend, but I'm not signing up for this. (laughs) Precisely. Yes. Yes, I can no longer be a part of this scenario, is what they're saying. Oh, man, that's okay, Holly. That's okay. 
listen to all those hundred something. That's fine. That's still nice of you. I hope you make it through at least tonight's program because it's a doozy. Is it really? Ton. It's the first day of summer. Uh-huh. Like it's here. Uh-huh. First show of summer, 2022, the year of our Lord. Wow. And we've got a doozy, as I mentioned. What's a doozy? I don't know. Heard Ton's uncle say it once. <laughs> my uncles? One of my uncles said a doozy? Wow. We've got an exclusive interview tonight with, are you ready for this? I think so. Claude Coleman Jr., drummer for Ween. Wow. Yes. Wow. It is the 25th anniversary of Ween's The Mollusk Album. This is unbelievable. Which many consider to be their best. Yeah. We will play it in its entirety tonight. Wow. And we have Claude Coleman from Ween on the program. I don't think it could get any better, really. Ton is missing the top three buttons of his shirt. (laughs) The buttons keep going away as you talk, Dust. So just put all three of those things together. Wow. And that spells good times and great oldies. Yes. My goodness, Holly, you have really made it tonight. That's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening. Huh. Super stoked. Dude, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to be here. Wow. Super stroked. I mean, I'm not as stoked as I could be because because of technical difficulties, I was unable to ride my one wheel here. So I just feel like when I'm without my one wheel, I'm not quite as happy as I could be anymore. You know, it's one of those things. But it's okay. It's pretty up there. On the plus side, uh-huh. we've been thrown out of, I think, four or five different recording studios that we've worked in over the past years, and yeah. we're now relegated to a studio where the heat cannot be turned off. Yeah. So it is 86 degrees in here as we speak. Yeah. There's a ceiling fan, though. It's okay. Tonight is your night, bro. I feel great. That's why I got these, keep on buttoning these buttons here. Mm. Oh, boy. Mm. Ton, we've got a lot of cool stuff. Got a lot of mailbag questions. Awesome. Claude Coleman from Ween. The entire Mollusk album. Yeah, man. I don't know if we can fit it all in. That's going to be exciting. Should we just get right to We're it? We're going to fit it all in. But it's going to be uh It's going to be tough, but I think we can do it. Well, let's do it then. Well, you don't got to get hot about it. I say that cuz it's 90 degrees in here now it's warming up i thought i was just born that way I did a week ago Am I standing straight? I can hardly wait 
Side A of the Mollusk by Ween. Awesome. 25 years old this week. That's crazy. Craziness. Ton, how do you feel about Ween? I mean, the musical combo. Um, I really like Ween. Um, I know it's like we went and saw them together, and that was just a really weird time in my life, and I was very... Being seen with me in public, you mean? No, not at all. Other, totally other stuff, not good. Making weird decisions and weird stuff happening and loved ones dying and all kinds of stuff happening, all culminating, which in my mind, I don't know how you remember it, but in my mind, it's like, it was such a weird scenario. And then packed in there was like, we get to see Ween together. And my memories of the show were actually really awesome. But then also there was like parts of the show where I was like 
I had to like leave for a little bit and be on the phone and whatever stuff. And then I came back and I feel like to you, it was like, what the heck is going on with ton right now? But I did, I did thoroughly enjoy seeing ween with you and my memories of it now, even though there's like sort of like a weird dark cloud over it, the actual band part and being there with you was pretty awesome. (laughs) Do you think you need to see him again? I mean, yeah, I'd probably go see him again. It was pretty good. Like, it was way better than I expected it to be. And, like, before I saw them live, and, I mean, you've known me long enough that you've been able to see me, I'll probably say, like, mature, actually, somewhat. Even though before I thought I all had it figured out. Um, But there's, like, I... I was very, like, very much knew what I thought I liked, and that was it. And I was not open. I was not very open to other stuff. My window of being open to other stuff was very small. And if you didn't perfectly fit into the window, I was not giving it any chance. But basically being friends with you and, and like, you slowly always, like, just, what do you mean, man? Ween's cool, whatever. (laughs) Not shoving it down my throat, but also so, like, so to speak, being like Ween is all good, and you should check it out, and playing the Ween every once in a while. Then I finally, eventually, listened to more of it, and it's like you know what? I get it now. Like these guys are good. I get it. They're not just a weird. I don't know. Like a, like for a, for a, just a passerby, they have a sort of strange feeling. And I think it's mostly due to their vocal stylings where they could come off as like kind of a, I don't know how to say it, like a, like a satire type band or something. Like there's a sort of a jokey feel to them. And I remember in the beginning that sort of like turned me off. But then after a while, I'm like, no, dude, like maybe there is that, but they're actually really awesome. Like it's not even, it's not a joke, like how good they are and their songwriting that's not a joke, dude. But some of their stuff is... I don't know. It's like hard to explain. Ween's just really good. I hope somebody describes our show like that to someone sure. someday. Maybe. I thought they were a big damn joke, but you know what? They're the real deal. <laughs> they are. Ween is... They are the real deal. Maybe and we should have the drummer, Claude Coleman, on the show tonight. That'd be awesome. I'll do it. And then when we covered HIV and stuff on the on the program and did that and i was like trying to learn that stuff and i had so much fun playing that it was so awesome it was like this is awesome i don't know had sweet guitar elements going on and crazy lyrics and just great hey if you'd like to hear us the five count house band do some ween covers you can find us on band camp it was great you might want to listen to it in private what was the other song that we covered and you did a great job singing it your party yes your party oh that was great too that was so much fun to play that song and then to go into hiv yeah it was like it was awesome it's like this show i think there's candy and spices and tri-colored pastas every week every week wow Ton, I've got something for you. Did you know that we have our own hotline? I did know about it. It's on the telephone. The five count hotline, 507-519-2030. You can call that number. You can text that number. 
and all your dreams will come true. 507-519-2030. Yes, assuming your dream is to hear Tun say your name on the radio. Mm. Here's a message from John in New Ulm. The Tun wanted to know which of the three movies I liked more. He's talking about something he mentioned last week. Yeah. I think Soylent Green, little more than Logan's Run. Wow, yeah, yeah. I had a sore throat a few days, tired, etc., so I'm wearing a mask while visiting Dad. His birthday is tomorrow, Sunday. Happy birthday, John and New Alms Dad. That's awesome. Might get up to 99 degrees today. P.S. Stranger Things star in Jordan making movie. That's exciting. Yeah, I heard that too. Uh-oh, done. There's a post-post salutation on this. Mm. Might be virus positive. Aw. Dad wants me gone. <laughs> Boss doesn't want me at work. Virus stuff is capital crap. Yeah. Did you ever get it? I did get shots. Will redo home test. Love, John, and New Ulm. Wow. That's a bummer. That is a bummer, John. I hope you're hope you're doing okay. And if you do have COVID, you're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Ton doesn't know that from experience. You'll get over it. I actually had it. Yeah, Dusty has had it. I have not had it. I've got a lot of coworkers who have had it and um, some that have had it multiple times as well. And it's it's yeah, it's no good. It's not fun. I I had pneumonia. Um, during this pandemic deal and that in some ways felt like worse but uh, i don't have pretty funny yeah i don't have the same thing but it like became this thing where i had to like prove over and over that it wasn't covid even though i went to the doctor and they definitively was like it's pneumonia and then everyone's like but are you sure it's not covid for the 900th time and you're like no dude the doc like here it is. Anyway. So, yeah. I hear you. No matter what, it's no fun being sick at all. So I'm sorry, John, and I hope, you're, hope your dad's doing well. And I uh, I would have to agree with you, John. Soylent Green is the correct choice between those movies you mentioned that other last weekend. Soylent Green is good, actually. Soylent Green is people, Dust. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. I've never seen it. It's people. Thanks a lot. Soylent Green. Son, now that you've ruined that for me, might as well move on. Yeah, let's move on. We've got an exclusive interview with Claude Coleman Jr., longtime drummer for Ween. Can I first talk about your shirt really quick? Uh, yes, uh, there's always a part in the five count every week where Ton needs to make some sort of visual gag or refer to something that you can't see. No, I just want the listeners to know Dusty has a sweet Mike Tyson shirt on that says everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I love it. And it's got a picture of him in the perfect era. And I just want you to know that I just like literally yesterday watched Mike Tyson versus Jose Ribalta, dude. Wow. Crazy fight. I don't know if you remember that, but wow. Jose Ribalta had a heck of a chin. Dude, that devastating, that devastating body shot followed up by an uppercut, like Mike Tyson's like signature move. 
He wailed him. He wailed him multiple times at that. Send him to the mat multiple times. Jose kept getting up. It was like the ridiculous cartoon style uppercut. It looked like Mike Tyson's punch out. Oh, I remember. It was crazy. I remember, Tongue. So that your shirt just made me think about it. And you know why I remember? Because you were there. Because that was me. That was you. <laughs> I am Jose. <laughs> wow. Dustin Wilmes is my radio moniker. If somebody wants to see a crazy fight, like go watch that. That's real boxing back then, and it's it's the stuff that looks it it literally looks like if Mike Tyson did that to a normal person, like you or I, our heads would fly off. Like it looks that powerful, like you would just die. It's ridiculous, unbelievable. Luckily, Mike Tyson is a lot like Ton where they were very intimidating, scary dudes in their youth. But as they've gotten older, kind of like grandfatherly, fun sort of people that you want to cuddle. Yeah, we've mellowed out a lot. I've mellowed out a lot. I know Tyson has. (laughs) Awesome. Let's get to our interview with Claude Coleman Jr. of Ween. Let's do it. We're on the phone today with Claude Coleman Jr., the drummer for Ween. Claude, how you doing today? I'm fine, fine. I'm a little running around. Uh, my son, my two-year-old son in the back, running errands this morning. Well, first of all, I got to say it's an honor speaking with you. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, I'm, I'm uh, happy to have been asked to speak with everyone. Yeah, no worries. Well, I know you're involved in a lot of different projects. Uh, first, I wanted to ask you about the sound space at Rabbits, the studio. Can you tell the listeners uh, a bit about that? Sure. Uh, well, when I moved into the area of Asheville about close to 10 years ago, uh, a buddy of mine and I were doing some uh, recording, and uh, we were rehearsing for the recording, and we were using this sort of bombed-out warehouse in this area outside of town that had no bathroom and we were on the roof of the building literally peeing into spackle buckets <laughs> and pondering why there was no rehearsal facility in Asheville when they're so prevalent in just about every other major metropolitan area in America, especially uh, cities that are you know, densely uh, populated with music and musicians and a lot of arts. As Asheville is, it's very much a music town, and um, I never understand why there wasn't a practice-based facility in the in, in the city. So uh, my partner and I took it upon ourselves to find a property to uh, create a practice-based facility, uh, the first of its kind, as it turns out, in Asheville. Um, and that process went on for several years. Uh, the real estate market in Asheville is supercharged to uh, put it mildly, and um, a lot of property owners uh, are kind of sitting on gold mines, and since it's a very tourist-centric city, uh, a lot of the properties we initially looked at, we were sort of strung along uh, for a a quick ride or two, Uh, and uh, they liked the idea, you know, they kind of understood the concept, even though it's sort of a niche uh, area, um, and uh, the business itself is sort of a niche business. You know, a lot of these property owners were kind of stringing us along, and, and they really liked the idea until, like, the last minute they would jack up their square foot rates or they would do, do some move that would just kind of, like, you know, eject us out of the talks with them. And so we lost 
three to four places like that over the course of two and a half years or so. And it was really daunting and a little bit frustrating for us. Uh, and then we came upon Rabbit's Motel, which is this uh, historic uh, black-owned tourist court. Uh, it's a uh, restaurant and motel that is in a part of town which used to be historically black-owned um, uh, businesses lining the boulevards and hotels and ballrooms and drugstores and high schools and so on. It was an area of um, amazing uh, black-owned uh, prosperity and then businesses. Uh, and so when we found this property, we were up against two other offers on hand with the owner and uh, our realtor suggested to me that I write a letter to the owner explaining her, to her what we were trying to do, that we were trying to create this resource for the, the arts community. But um, having had discovered her place, uh, I took it upon myself to kind of really uh, salvage this place and reconnect everyone to a lot of a really amazing history that this motel and this tourist court was a part of. Uh, a lot of the big band Chitlin circuit acts stayed there. The Negro Baseball League stayed there. A lot of early uh, black uh, sports athletes stayed there um, by law. And so there was a lot of amazing history tied into this place that I thought, you know, everyone could do with uh, getting reconnected to. Um, and um, it just sounded like a great idea to kind of just salvage the place, put a rehearsal studios in there, and then recreate another soul food kitchen. And I wrote this all on a letter to the owner who had two cash offers on her desk and she put us on a contract the next day, the following day wow. on a contract to, to acquire the property. And that sort of began the journey of, um, of building out the spaces. And we opened in December, 2020 in the middle of um, dead zone lockdown period. <laughs> uh, we opened then and sort of hobbled over the finish line and slowly, but surely the bands have been re- kind of trickling in and, uh, a lot, we're meeting a lot of new acts coming through town as the venues are starting to reopen and the business overall and the industry is starting to sort of reemerge. And now we're focusing on the Soul Food Kitchen, which will be in the front building, and then there's going to be additional artist studios above the Soul Food Kitchen. We're also going to be uh, doing a large multi-artist murals project across all of the buildings that will be depicting a lot of the history of the area and a lot of history of that particular uh, uh, business of Rabbit's Motel and the guests there. And so that's, in a nutshell, the, the, the project. At its core, it's a music rehearsal facility, but of course it's like super dimensional now and it's evolving uh, history and black history of Asheville, a lot of history that not many people are aware of or connected to. It's been, uh, you know, raised over and redistricted and uh, removed and you know, even the traces of that history are being wiped away and raised over and made into parking lots and so forth. So, um, you know, me coming into this area, me coming from New Jersey and New York, uh, where, you know, I am used to chocolate cities where over half of the police force is black and half the city administration are, are, are black officials and left and right. And the family is, I come from a family of prosecutors and judges and uh, police directors uh, and coming here into an area where you can see such a stark uh, disparity uh, between the cultures and the races and, and the communities. I wanted to do something about it. So I wasn't going to, you know, just kind of sit idle with uh, 
not only not having a rehearsal space in the pra- place to practice as a drummer, but I wasn't going to sit idle while another really amazing historic property was going to go forgotten and lost and raised over. So that's about, in a nutshell, the whole of the project. That's a lot to, to mm. be taking on a business and a restaurant and, and you know keeping all that history alive. And I know you're involved in a lot of other uh, things uh, as well, musically, um, outside of Ween even. Uh, is there anything yeah. that you're up to uh, these days now, maybe that people should be looking out for? For sure, for sure. Um, my own group, uh, Mandla, I have three records of. Uh, I'm the singer-songwriter. Actually, I play all the instruments on my record. Um, the last record was in about, uh, I can't even remember, oh, eight or nine or so. Uh, but I'm working on another record, an EP, and then I'm going to do a box set of the three records and a big package, which I'm kind of excited about. Uh, we've gotten past the super adolescent uh, or adolescent super infant <laughs> intensive stage where I have a little bit more time. And so getting back into that. Um, and there's a number of other kind of projects people are mailing me in to kind of play on. I, I can almost not really keep track of. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I, I play locally in a lot of projects around town, uh, including a live uh, honky-tonk uh, karaoke band. It's a live band karaoke thing we do every once in a while. We're playing this week in town on Wednesday in Marshall at a place called the uh, Marshall Jail. That's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I'm in a bunch of uh, committees throughout the, the city that are kind of aligned with the work and the business. Um, so, like, yeah, between kind of music aspirations and, and projects and then the business and all of that entails i kind of i have a hard time keeping track of what i'm doing um, but those are a few things i'm doing yeah awesome yeah definitely busy and, and of course you're still uh you're still on the road with ween and i wanted to ask you about that um when you first joined up with uh, with gene and dean um, did you think you know almost 30 years later you'd still be playing with those guys <laughs> Uh, no, that's a great question. I think, you know, music, musicians, artists, creatives are kind of doing it for themselves and they're not really thinking about any sort of long-term ideas or agenda. And, you know, that's both uh, a blessing and a curse because uh, when you're doing it long-term, you have to figure out how to maintain it long-term and, and, and how to, you know, make it solvent and sustainable and, 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 and do the, make the right choices. Uh, but, no, no. When you're doing it back then, it was just an amazing thing to be a part of. You know, you were, were part of the same era growing up, and we just love music and love music. And that's all we were doing is just playing music, playing music, uh, writing music, uh, recording, playing gigs. And you know, you 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 think about, you know, I don't know, the lunch <laughs> and dinner, <laughs> and that's about as far as it goes. And then you know, before you know it, you're 25 years into uh, into a career. And it's a pretty special, amazing, magical thing to be a part of. It's, uh, you know, really uh, a unique sort of thing in the world. And I feel super blessed. And, you know, the the guys I play with are like my musical heroes, which is even more incredible. So um, it's just been an amazing ride. Yeah, and I know the uh, the band uh, has kind of a relationship with their fans uh, that a lot of bands uh, don't have. And I know it's also the uh, the 25th anniversary of the Mollusk album. I want to ask you a bit about uh, your memories working on that one. Uh, sure, yeah. That was, uh, they did that record uh, at the Beach House 
a Long Beach Island that they would rent often, um, and they would just hold themselves up in a house uh, for like two weeks, and you'd go down there every couple of days, and they'd have 10 songs, 15 songs, 25 songs, and they would just play song after song after song, and you couldn't decide for yourself which one was better than the last, and, and, and all of it was just amazing, and you were typically probably really, you know, cracking up and like hysterical just from the amazing and awesomeness <laughs> of what you were hearing. And they're always cracking and, 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 and track themselves up and having a hoot at it. I remember it was a lot of laughter and the, the setting was really cool. The house was right on the beach. And uh, I don't know, they just, they just create in a way that's just pure magic and that's kind of how it was, and you're, you're dropped into it every few days, and you track on a record, or track on a new tune, or to write something, and we wrote a couple tunes. I think Put the Coke <laughs> came out of that uh, that time period, sure. which is funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was just a magical thing to be a part of. Uh, you know, it was just magic. That's what it's like, just magic. And that was definitely magic. And you can tell that that record had a theme. You know, there was a lot of ocean fare subjects and stuff like that. And it was really fun to do. Awesome. Yeah, I know a lot of people, I think even including uh, Gene and Dean, to say that that's probably the, the Ween album they're most proud of. Do you agree with that? Is that the one that you kind of look back on and, and say that was uh, kind of the best of the best? Yeah. Those kind, I don't know. Those kinds of opinions super subjective. There's so many that were so great that carried all of their own adventures and experiences it would be really difficult for me to pick my favorite or the best one uh the white album or white pepper rather <laughs> white pepper was really memorable for me because that was uh, the only record that the entire band played on every song and we were up at uh bearsville studios and woodstock which is a really really amazing historic studio and it's an amazing environment to work in on this farm so that had a, a lot of really, really wonderful, you know, memories for me. Just waking up and tracking and hanging out and playing basketball and just doing that for months. Um, I miss doing records like that. So for me, that was sort of my favorite record to make and be a part of. Uh, but then, you know, like I said, every single record has so many different experiences from different time periods. The Moths was, was really awesome. And then there's the country record and, uh, and it's the pod, which was really, really amazing. That's that's actually kind of I think my favorite Ween record, the pod. Uh, <laughs> as great as the other ones are, we, that, that one sort of just you know typifies, you know, defines like Ween as I always knew it, and how we always knew it growing up. Is just those two guys making music like the pod, and the songs about the stallions. They're uh, they've been my favorite band for a long time, but I know kind of from an outsider's perspective, maybe if they only knew Ween from maybe seeing their videos on Beavis and Butthead or, or South Park or something like that, they might come off, uh, you know, maybe as a band that shouldn't be taken as seriously, but I mean, the musicianship and the songwriting and all the different genres and, you know, the marathon live shows that you guys pull off. I, I mean, I don't think a lot of other bands uh, could be doing the, the stuff that you guys have been doing, you know, for as long as you have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I sort of speak of when I talk about how special it is. I mean, we will do three or four night runs, uh, a different show every night, 33, 35 songs per night, no repeats. And we could probably do that for two weeks. We have that much music in our catalog and 
we've been playing that much music live as a band and we've been playing as long as we've been playing for three decades. Uh, so it's pretty awesome to have that in your wheelhouse. And I think it touches people. I think people connect to it. Uh, and I, I, I guess that's sort of how we kind of make ourselves distinct in the, in the field, I guess. But it's super, super awesome. And I know, luckily for us in Minnesota, Ween has a connection, you know, with Minneapolis, and you guys play through here pretty often. But how do you decide otherwise where you're going to play? It kind of seems uh, random. You just kind of see some shows pop up out of the blue. <laughs> it does seem random. I think the management really kind of can answer those kind of questions because I usually just get the itinerary and the, <laughs> and, the and the ticket and the plane ticket <laughs> and told where to go. Uh, but uh, I think there is some sort of rationale to it, you know, depending on size of market and uh, how we've done there. Which at this point, I think just about every market around is kind of like pretty great. And then there's a few really super standout markets for us and cities for us. But I don't think uh, there's much rhyme or reason to it aside from, you know, have we been there recently or I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think much goes into it. It's, it, it seems random because I think it almost just about is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great you guys are playing, uh, you know, a handful of shows at least every year for the last several years now. And it seems is that like uh, probably the foreseeable setup for the future here? And maybe um, as far as the studio goes, Ween is kind of retired from that. Yeah, it's hard to uh, predict, even as a member uh, of the band, what's going to be happening. I know that there's uh, a lot of pressure for them to kind of get together and write uh, from within. So I feel like that's probably going to um, run its course and, and ha- have an impact. And, you know, I'm going, I'm going to make a, a guess that they're going to be doing some stuff, you know, in the near relative future, they're going to start writing together. I think they're just going to kind of have to, and things have been really great the past few years uh, with regards to everybody's health and everything. So people are in a really good place emotionally, physically, and it'd be a really, really great time for all, all of us to kind of get back in the studio and kind of kick up those uh, kickstart, those creative juices and everything. But uh, as that plays out, we're definitely going to keep playing. We'll do like the weekend warrior kind of thing, or do like three or four shows per month or so. That seems to be a good regular pace for us. It's not too uh, trying. It's not too taxing and impactful on our families and lives and everything. At the same time, you know, we get to do some shows. People get to see some wings. So I think we're going to kind of keep steady with that sort of approach probably up until the end of the year. And uh, we'll just see about the new music. I think I do I do feel like it's coming. It's it's going to be a slow, slow process, however it comes. But I think it's uh, inevitable. I kind of do. Awesome. That is, that's great news. And again, uh, I know you're busy. You mentioned at least a dozen things you've got to currently in the works. Uh, is there anything else maybe we missed or something else you want to mention? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, well, we're going to be doing a really large fundraiser for Sound Space and Rabbits in September, and it's going to be a streaming event. Um, maybe I can uh, contact you again, and we can kind of discuss uh, that further in the future or something like that. Sure. But um Let's see, that's, that's kind of the thing I'd love to mention. Uh, it's going to involve a uh, band look, band potluck contest with a bunch of musicians around the area, area in, in uh, Asheville. They're going to kind of just band together and compete against each other 
writing songs. So I think it's a fun concept. Uh, then I'd say, yeah, please have a look out for a new Amanda. That's uh, my music. Uh, you can go to my Instagram, uh, Claude Coleman Jr. is the profile. I post there pretty irregularly once every month or so, but I do post there. I'm going to be creating a profile page for Amandla itself and all of that. So just please have a look out for all that stuff. Awesome, man. Again, you're an extremely busy guy, but I appreciate you taking some time out with me and I'm, I'm a huge fan and it's been an honor speaking with you again. Thank you so much. Oh, hell yeah, man. You're welcome, man. I got mad love for Minneapolis. I've been going to Minneapolis since way before me and I was trying to, I meant to talk about this actually. I was on Twin Tone and I signed a band called Skunk and okay. the Babes and uh, Soul File and all those guys. Minneapolis is like a second home to me. Excellent. Well, anytime you're in the area, just uh, let us know and we'll, uh, we'll help with uh, whatever we can. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. And again, that was the one and only Claude Coleman Jr., drummer for Ween. And again, you can find out he's got a lot of stuff going on. He's on the road with Ween. And also, uh, check him out at the Sound Space at Rabbit Studio in Asheville, North Carolina.
Of your lily white lips and return. 
this is Joe Jack from the Dead Milkman, and you're listening to The Five Count.
Playful and you are listening to the five count.
Thanks, Ton. We're back. Thank you so much. It's the five count. That was side B of The Mollusk. It's really good. By Ween. 25 years old this weekend. And that was our exclusive interview with Claude Coleman Jr. 
the drummer for Ween. Bet you didn't see that coming. I didn't at all. It's a pretty momentous first show of the summer, if you ask me. Go ahead and ask me. Is that a momentous show of the summer? (laughs) Yes, it was. Son, speaking of momentous things, we have a five-count hotline that people can call and badger you on. Somebody left you a message during that last musical break. Awesome. Oh, hello there. This is Jerry Sevier. And I I was just listening to the five count. It's Saturday night, and I'm driving home from Oatana right now, and I'm in Casson, going back to Rochester. I just mentioned all those towns. Oh, I was just in Oatana riding the skate park there, this old abandoned skate park. I was there by myself. It was pretty fun, and I just loved it. So I'm on my way back. And uh, what was I going to say? Mon- I mean, yeah, I'm a dad. Yeah, I sometimes listen. Yes, I do. That's what Tun said. No, I listen every week. I'm a dad every day, I guess. I mean, today I just went out and lived my life, baby. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, you know that song, Monster Magnet? No, that group, Monster Magnet. Power Trip. Power Trippin'. You guys played that one song years ago. You got to play it again. That song is so unbelievable. I can't even take it. Power Trippin'. Jerry's severely stoked. Wow. He loves Monster Magnet. What a guy. Hey, who could blame him? Dude, Jerry, I just have one question. How are you getting to, like, Cassin and Oatana and all this business, but you just can't seem to make it to the sewer? What is the deal? Just skip those towns and go straight to the sewer already. Make your dreams come true. You could go to the sewer. Then you could swing through Henderson on your way to Jordan and see some dork from Stranger Things film a movie somewhere in Jordan. Go for it. You make a whole afternoon. So somebody talked to me about that situation, the Stranger Things. I don't even know who it is that's there. But they're like, yeah, you ought to go there. You, you, well, you should go. You could be an extra or something. Or you, Yeah. It would be exciting. And I don't know about you, but I... I think it's, I mean, the only thing I can think is to attribute it to doing this show for so long and to talking to so many celebrities, even though it's like I haven't been able to in recent years because of the COVID situation, whatever, and us not getting together. I've still talked to, I don't know what, like a couple hundred, few hundred, something. I don't know. I was on a bunch of them, but it's not as like crazy to me anymore. Like that whole idea of of meeting one of those people of that cast this is not saying anything negative about them in any way but it just isn't really it's not enough to make me want to drive to jordan i really wouldn't be like holy cow a guy from stranger things i and i love stranger things but it would just be like i don't know i'd almost feel like i would just be interrupting the shooting or something like i'd rather just you know know, like that's cool that they're in jordan i guess but just let them do their thing you know does that make sense to you what i'm saying or what if it was winona ryder i don't know i mean there's an there's maybe but what if sergeant slaughter was in stillwater in two months from now well if slaughter was there I feel like maybe it'd be worth it, but we'd need to get like an interview set up, you know, same thing with Winona. Like I'd rather talk to her on the phone. I'd rather have like a conversation. I don't want to show up while they're working and try to be that person. Who's like, 
creepily trying to get a glimpse of people from afar and like shouting stuff. I I'd rather like if we if we can get them on the phone or if we can sit down with them. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Like I would talk to them and that'd be great. All right, next week, Winona Ryder on the five count. That'd be awesome. Winona's awesome. I mean, I absolutely. Her work is amazing. You know who else had amazing work? No idea. That was not a rhetorical question. I'm expecting an answer. You. Ah, uh, yes. You and me 10 years ago. <laughs> awesome. Because this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five count history. June 23rd, 2012. What even could have possibly happened? It was a two-hour blowout. A blowout? Yeah, well, back then the show was only an hour long, but we had a second hour added because the show that was preceding us, probably the Dirty Birds, were out to lunch. Yeah. There was a show, or a couple of shows, that were a little spotty in their attendance to the point where we just said, you know what, we'll do it. We'll do it every damn week. Then they called our bluff. Now we're stuck with two hours a week. (laughs) Oh, man. Listen, Ton, during the first hour, we spoke to the general manager about dodging the draft. Sounds about right. It sounds weird. Interviewed singing sensation Mrs. Miller. Remember when we did that? Yeah, yeah. That was great. And we played... um, the entire 2012 Odyssey from Rush 2112. That's a sweet idea. You know what I was thinking? What? If your uh, if your son grows up to be an old elderly dude, yeah, he'll probably be alive in the year 2112. He could listen to Rush. That's crazy. Say this one's for my pops. <laughs> oh man, that's really something. There was a second hour, and during it, we expressed our love for dubstep. Some things never change. You know, I still kind of like dubstep, yeah. We also discussed the -the behind-the-scenes dangers of home interior parties. Mm, Very dangerous. Man, we played all your favorite hits. On multiple levels. We played Temple of the Dog. Wow. And Professor Fresh. Wow. Life's you, a beautiful biatch. You loved that Remember guy. that song? Yeah, I do. That was great. That was 10 years ago. Five Count History. Wow. That's great. That's really good. Thanks. Really good. Thank you. Hey, you were here too, Ton. I can't take all the credit. Wow. I'll take most of it. What a wonderful time. I'll leave a little for you. Well, thank you for that. Hey, I've got a question sent in to the five count mailbag. Do you really? We have a mailbag where you can send in some questions or topics or insults or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Basically, you just post something to one of our various online platforms, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, stuff like that. It's all at the five count.com. Don't be a lazy jerk. Just go look at it. Don't be a lazy jerk. Billy Floyd Shout says, Now that your interview with Seamus has set the wrestling world on fire, will you consider doing a 900 number hotline like Mean Gene did back in the 90s so we can get all the wrestling scoops? (laughs) 
Oh, man. That's from Billy Floyd Shouts. Yeah. How do you feel about that? How do I feel about 1-900-909-9900? Yeah. I don't have any wrestling scoops. I feel like the idea of that is totally awesome. I feel like we already have our own hotline that nobody calls for free. Yeah, we do have a hotline, um, but it's not a 900 number. So there is a little thing, like if we had an actual 900 number for some reason, it would feel kind of cool. Like for getting sexy and stuff? It'd be nostalgic. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to get sexy on it or if you wanted wrestling scoops, you know, whatever, that's fine. But the actual reality is we don't have any wrestling scoops at all. We just don't have that. I think maybe I would set it up and you could listen to a recording of me chewing Tostito scoops. Mm, yeah. Wow. Could that's, be fun. Yeah, that <laughs> could be something. One ninety nine a minute. Wow. Tom, did you know the interview we did with WWE superstar Sheamus was for some reason picked up by like 20 other wrestling outlets? No. News outlets? I didn't know that, no. Yeah, we're big time. I mean, amongst the nerds. The D&D crowd. That's fu- What? And the middle-aged ladies who like fluffy chest hair. Yeah, mmm. Actually, there's a guy, there's a new contractor that I'm working with that's huge into D&D. He has no idea about our show at all. Bummer. Did you guys engage in some D&D? No, I asked him some questions about d and <laughs> I was like, hey, man, how does this work? That's always, <laughs> that's always a lead-in. <laughs> hey, can you show me how to D&D? Can you show me how this works, bud? Yeah, it was... Uh, no, it was interesting. It was... Um, you can hear the recording of that on our 900 yeah. number. <laughs> it was uh, It was wild. So some of it was... Like, I totally get it, but some of it also was like, this is really in-depth. Dungeons and Dragons seems like a lot of work. Holy cow. Holy cow there's one thing ton can't stand it's a lot of work oh i don't mind a lot of work but it'd be, uh, all right that's me what i'm getting at is uh i think that that's like a hard that uh, i feel like that'd be a hard game to pick up and start getting into like later on in life because it just seems like it'd take a lot of commitment and time even to like i mean it seems like you gotta like kind of figure out your character he said you got to build a character sheet and then like even in their their style of doing it like he figures out kind of a whole backstory of his character and everything and where they live and what they do and all this stuff and then the dungeon master throws in all this other stuff and then so that you have some kind of basis of like how your character interacts with the the other things that the dungeon master is saying is happening or whatever i don't know it's just Really sounds wild, man. Sounds satanic to me. Sounds like a lot, but it sounds fun too. If like if you're into it, you probably probably have a lot of fun. There's one thing I can't stand. It's fun. That's that. That's sorry to hear that, bud. Maybe we should work on that. <laughs> 
maybe you can see a little D&D action. Uh, that's, well, maybe. I'll try anything once. Uh-huh. All right. What was his question? <laughs> if we would have a nine, 1-900 wrestling hotline. Oh, uh, no. Because we're so popular now. It's too much work. We've suddenly become popular. We already have a radio show and a second radio show that is on Patreon and a YouTube show and another YouTube show that's only on Patreon and ton does things, I think. And really, none of this is uh, allowing us to like quit our jobs or anything. So <laughs> it's all like just due to the pure kindness and passion in our hearts. So to add a wrestling hotline could be a bit much. We'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it. I'll do it. Awesome. Piss on it. As my grandma used to say. Yeah. Wow. What if you actually pissed on it though? Probably have a smelly phone receiver. Yeah, I don't know. What probably. kind of question is that? <laughs> I just think of those old sayings sometimes, and I'm like, what does it really mean? And what if you, like, you just say, oh, piss on it. Like, what if you actually did, what does it mean? You're like, you're going to go take a piss on whatever you're talking about? And then what? I'm not sure I appreciate your language here, Ton. I'm just saying, it's kind of strange. I like to refer to it as number one it. Number one on it. Oh, number one on it. That's very nice of you to put it that way. Try to clean it up for yeah, the kids. Sure. For the people out there listening. Like my work friend, Holly. Yeah. She have kids or? She said her top three favorite things in the whole world. Whoa. Jesus. Uh-huh. 1980s poison. ho <laughs> And the sound of your voice. Oh, Holly. Came in at a close third. Wow, Holly. This is really something. Tonight is your night. But then when I told her that you are the spitting image of C.C. DeVille. Yeah. Then it's like, might have went up a couple notches. Really? A couple notches even? I'm competing with Jesus suddenly? Some would say. With my hair, some would maybe say I'm starting to look like Jesus. My mom tried to say I look like John Lennon now, which I was like, okay. I just said I'll take it, whatever. I don't even know how that happens, but... You know what, Holly? Thank you so much. I think you look like one of the BGs. I wish you all the best. Not the tall, sexy one, but the shorter oh, one on that now. they hid behind just the drums. Just hold on a second here now. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, hey. What is this that I'm dealing with? Ton, I'll tell you what you're dealing with. You're dealing with the stallion, man. <laughs> Yes. I think it's time to hear some more ween. Yeah, dude. And then we'll come back. All right.
am the stallion mag. Oh. Okay, that's it. Okay, so now continuing on with the stallion, triggly, triggly. Here we go. This is the stallion part three, live on the infranet. This is Omarosa and you're listening to The Five Count. Let's continue on to the next stallion. Time. Now. <laughs> yes, man. The stallion. Let's do another stallion. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is called The Stallion Part 4. 
much anticipated song that we do here. Look up above the hill, over the mountain, with light from his holy lips and blood from the stallion. Yes, yes. This is the stallion part five. And uh prepare the mount bar. And it looks like love 
back on. back time beautiful you've just been messing with the stallion man i had no idea holy cow that was ween that is really a song that's a heck of a song it was five parts of the stallion wow live i love it son uh everyone loves you as far as i know really and the ones who don't are obviously jealous huh I had no idea. Especially since we had Claude Coleman Jr., drummer for Ween, on the show tonight. Yeah. And we played The Mollusk by Ween in its entirety. Whole album. 25 years old this weekend. That's pretty awesome. Played the whole thing. I don't care. Wait, does your coworker Holly love Ween? Does uh, she know about Ween? I, I don't know. She will I mean, now. I know you said she's a huge Poison fan, which is awesome. Not discrediting poison. I mean, that's great. And Jesus is awesome as well. I'm right, I'm right there with you. But um, just wondering if she likes Ween. Maybe she likes Ween now. You're gonna have to talk to her, dude. You're gonna have to talk to her. I don't think anyone plays more Ween on this station than we do. Absolutely not. First ever song played on this show was Ween. Eighteen years and change ago awesome because the guy who used to do the afternoon shows nick iverson he uh left once to get lunch or something and told me to cover for him and i played some ween and he heard it on his way back and shut it down (laughs) said don't you ever play that on this show again (laughs) and i said oh yeah i'll get my own show and i'll play all the ween i want wow and then you know what he's dead and i'm here still 18 years later Just interviewed the guy from the band and played an entire album in its entirety, all for the entire night tonight, entirely. Yikes. Dude, that really, I mean... So take that. I don't even know if I'd say full circle. That's really, wow. I'm trying to take that story in here quick. Holy cow. No messing around with the stallion, man. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Hey, the show's over, though, but... Thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks to Claude Coleman for being on the show. It's been a fantastic program. Uh, I I feel like we don't do it enough, but I want to say, Holly, in all seriousness, thank you for listening to the show now and trying to listen to many of the episodes. That's super awesome of you. Nikki, Thank you for doing that, listening to as much of it as you as you have already. 
You are awesome. Twitter, Lori, um, I just love you in general and everything about you. She the one that does the ceramics? Thank you so much. She does ceramics. Go to Lori Down Ceramics. Buy some beautiful ceramics. Go to thefivecount.com. A lot of fun stuff there. Yes, she's a wonderful person. Billy Floyd Chouts, I love you too, man. Thanks for being a fan of this program. What about all your other fans? John, thank you so much for writing in every single night, drawing pictures, sending us pictures. You are an awesome dude. I heard Brian Reby of Brian Reby Drives Electric might be working on a t-shirt design for you. I love this idea. Brian Reby, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for all your support. Do you have some more of the Patreon names that we could go through? I don't offhand, but you wanted to join Patreon, you could get access to everything we do early. Like most people hear this show if they stomach it on Saturday nights, late night Saturday. Yeah. Like you get it throws a wrench in your entire weekend. Or you could just join us on Patreon and listen to it on Thursday mornings and be done with it. You could do that. And you could also check out what we just watched for the five count at the movies. Yeah, man. Blood, sweat, and gears. Holy cow. That just dropped on Friday. You're going to want to check that out. Honestly, total honesty here. It's one of my favorites ever. One of my favorite watch alongs that we've done. It was so awesome. Yeah, man. There was zero dozing on this one. Hey, go to our YouTube page. We've got, as I mentioned, that interview with Seamus from the WWE. Did an interview with a David Watson, singer for A Rising Force. That's a Minnesota band. And I guess we're done. We're done. See you next time. See ya. Now, boys and girls, turn the record over.